again, just helping out other other people. And this, the whole brewing community is 100% that. We've had you know so much help from a lot of the local local places, uh, Crooked Pecker and Eighth Day Brewing, and uh, all these guys have just been extremely helpful with any questions and, and set up. Be able to give back on the technology side, you know, to help them out, you know, on that side to make all of us more successful. I think is is wonderful. From Chardon Performance Therapy, this is Chardon Biz, a show about local entrepreneurs and innovators sharing their stories. Where are people behind our favorite businesses? Well, listeners, welcome. This is the Chardon Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Nelson, the owner of Chardon Performance Therapy. And today we are at 11.3 Brewing Inside with Dave and Chelsea Whitman. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for um, getting together. It's, we, we had talked about actually making this podcast before the brewery was even open. Yeah. Right, Chelsea? Because um, I have gotten to know you over the past, I wouldn't say year, but... Um, we really met during my open house, yep. and it's kind of funny, in a couple of days, you guys will have your open house. Yes. Which is very exciting. <laughs> so there's a lot of different ways we can go with this story. We could go from a direction of uh, what are the trials and tribulations making a company, making a business, all the hoops that you have to jump through, right, the hurdles you have to climb, or not that we're climbing hurdles, but um, you guys have been through a lot, and I think you could write an entire book on... <laughs> how to stay the course, no matter what has been thrown at you. Uh, we could go a direction of starting a business with your spouse. We can go, we could do a whole podcast just on brewing beer, right? Yeah. But I think we're going to touch on a lot of those different pieces and just really capture the story that you guys have, and I think it's going to be a really cool one. All right. So let's start with probably one of the more common questions you guys have, which is, how did you guys get the name? So the name um, comes from back when Dave and I first met when we were dating, like first date kind of a thing. You know, you're trying to get to know each other in conversation, and it came up that it was both of our sports numbers. So we were both number 11. I played volleyball and softball for a little while. Dave played soccer, basketball, and then ended up playing soccer through college. And so it was just like our number. It was like, oh, it's kind of funny. We both had some like old T-shirts and jerseys from our sports team. So it was like, oh, we both were number 11 and we went to different schools. So, And then everywhere we would go on a date, we would be like seated at table 11 and, or ticket 11 or row 11 or parking spot 11 or floor 11 on an elevator. And like it would always just like come up like all the time and we would just kind of laugh like it's like our number. So it has come up a million times over. Um, over all the years we've been married and more recently I mean it was funny because we looked at we should actually go back and count how many buildings we really did look at from all over Jaga County probably a 11 in Lake County yeah, yeah. <laughs> any chance of roulette number 11 like no we've never that? like played the lottery and okay. won with this number so it hasn't brought like luck <laughs> okay. I mean, we're here yeah. today, so I think but I would yeah. say there's some luck there. I'm like, but it was funny when we found this building, and Dave saw it on Facebook Marketplace, and the guy, our, the, our building owner, Bruce, um, told him, just pull into Randall Properties, and we'll walk over to the building. So he comes home to talk about it, and sorry, I'm trailing off a little bit, but when we came back up and looked at it, we were, I'm like, what, what's the address here? And it's 211 Unit 3. And we were like, no way. Like, oh it just gosh. was like this, like, 
So and threes for our three kids. So it's like us and the kids, 11-3, family owned and operated, and um, yeah, that's it. And I will say on our first night of being opened ever, that was our soft opening, um, we were closing out the computers that night and we did 113 taps that night. So 11-3, it was just like, it just comes up. Little teardrop, little that's, sparkle, little goosebumps, you know, it's like. <laughs> that's spooky. Like that's. It's just like, yeah. That keeps coming up. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Dave, any favorite moments of the number 11 showing up? I would say the first night, the, the soft opening night was one of those like, wait, what just happened? Because <laughs> we were, you know, opening up a business, you're trying to get the point of sale system stuff working. Nothing ever goes exactly how you envisioned it, right? And so she called me over to the computer and was like, you have to check this out. And I was like, oh, did nothing ring through? I'm like, <laughs> like what I'm happened? Like, well, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you won't believe how many tabs we had. And I was like, wait, what? That's just <laughs> unbelievable. It's like it's stuff you can't like make up. It's just, yep. when, when the things align, it's just, it, it's there and you, and you see it. So, yeah. yeah. That's super special. Um, any chance that you took a photo of that? Yes, I okay. think we did. So we, yeah, did that turn into like a social post? No, I didn't post it. We've told a bunch of, like, our customers and stuff about it, but, um, yeah. And I ask, because like, you, you are nailing it with your social media content. Like, it is, it's so cool to oh, see it, um, even before the brewery was open. Um, so if we can actually dive back into before um, finding the space, when did 11.3 become, like, a brainchild of maybe just the brewery portion, like, Dave, we're going to brew beer. Yeah, so uh, I guess maybe we can circle back all the way to like the first time ever brewing. Sure, yeah. So, How did you even get into it? Yeah, so me and my uh, one buddy, uh, Joe, he uh, is a flight attendant, and he was on and off, you know, going off doing flights and coming back and had a, a lot of downtime, so he was brewing beer. I had no idea what this was. He said, hey, you want to come over and brew beer? And I was like, what do you mean? You mean, like, drink beer? And he's like, no, 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 like, actually make beer. And I, I didn't understand what that even even meant. Like, was it 14 years ago, yeah. I think, at this point? Um, so went over to his house and, you know, brewed beer on, like, this little five-gallon batch and boiled over and made a huge mess on the stove. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And uh, so we started dabbling in a bunch of different recipes and things. Because 14 years ago, there wasn't a lot of resources like there are for home brewers today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a couple different batches we did and then started getting into the IPAs. And uh, one of the more iconic IPAs is Plenty of the Elder uh, from Russian River out in California. And one of the homebrew shops you could order stuff from had a clone of this recipe. It's like, oh, let's try this out. So we get these uh, two boxes in, so we're going to make two batches of it. So he would have one and I would have one. And, uh, and you just said it was Northern Brewery, by the way, Northern Brewing Company? It was, yeah. But, okay. Uh-huh, yep. yep. Um, yeah, so we get the, the boxes in, and I open it up, and the amount of hops like filled the entire table. And I was like, whoa, this is way more than we had ever done before. Um, so I, I kind of took, took the approach on the homebrewing side where a lot of people want to make, hey, how cheap can we make this beer? Mm-hmm. And at that time, it's like, it's $60 for a kit. Well, what if the kit was $90, which, you know, 30 extra bucks isn't that big of a deal. Um, I was like, well, let's, let's just see what happens, you know, on the, the bigger, you know, uh, more intense kits. So we did that one, and we're putting all these hops in, and my buddy Joe said, I'm, I'm not dry hopping that. Like, that, like, we can't put any more hops in mine. So I was like, oh, this would be the perfect test of, like, I'll do the dry hopping, add all these hops later, and he won't, and then we'll see what ends up happening. 
And uh, sure enough, the dry hop one was exponentially better. And um, what does that actually mean, dry hop? Yeah, so dry hopping is the process after you're done uh, fermenting and you add the hops to uh, the fermenter, uh, or at that time, the carboy. Okay. So instead of adding it like during your boil, yeah. when you're boiling everything off. Yep. While you're making, is that, uh, is that called malt when you're going through that boiling process initially? Yeah, so you'll mash it in That's and then, the yep. yep. Okay. And then go over to the boil after that, yeah. Gotcha. For anybody that hasn't like brewed before or been, been around brewing, adding those hops, probably before and after um, if you're doing either or, the smell is like unbelievable. It's like, it's magical. It's like, it smells amazing. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And we try to do that brewing when customers and stuff are in here. So we'll add the hops and have the, the aroma of the whole building really smell like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's really nice. That's fantastic. All right, so you, you go through this process. You're, you're getting, like, let's try a more expensive kit. And it's, it's panning out like that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so started doing that and we're brewing almost every single weekend uh we ended up going boiling over on the stove oh yeah making a mess everywhere in the kitchen yeah how (laughs) how many carboys are there kind of around and that's like the five gallon glass giant jug right Uh uh-huh how many are how many you guys have like going at like any point in time because you guys used to bottle beer back then you were bottling it yeah i don't know i mean he had I don't know, anywhere between 5 and 10 at his house and same at mine. So, like, I mean, it was, we were going through it, you know, experimenting, trying batches and all this stuff. And uh, and even back then, you would, like, share with the neighbors, would come over, oh, like, yeah. oh, what'd you make this weekend? It was, like, <laughs> that's fun. pretty fun, yeah. And it was, like, way cheaper than, you know, we love, we've always loved craft beer, buying it at places and stuff. So, like, he's like, I can make this, like, I'm making, like, it's really, well, it's a lot cheaper than what you would pay at the store. So that was kind of another thing. And were you sticking, like, to the recipes at that point? Like, you got the box in, here's the recipe, yeah. I'm going to follow it to the T. That one modification of dry hopping, like, that's what you're, you're sticking to the recipe. Yeah, sticking to the recipe just to, until I understood kind of what was going on. Like, why these, like, oh, you add oats, and this is the difference between it. Oh, yeah, these hops, and, oh, that changes things this way. Uh, just trying to understand what that process was, you know. And uh, we ended up going down to... Um, North Carolina, visiting a few of the breweries down there, and they had some of the more wild beers I had not seen before. They had a, like a strawberry milkshake IPA. I was like, well, I like strawberries, I like milkshakes, mm-hmm. I like IPAs, so it, what is this? Like, So we ended up trying it, and I was like, okay, I need to figure out what this is. So they happened to have a homebrew shop connected to their brewery, and I was talking with you know the homebrew manager over there, like, oh yeah, we do stuff at home, and uh, he ended up uh, hooking us up with a, a custom kit with all the different stuff to brew one of their batches, but on a homebrew size. Yeah. So that kind of led to the journey of my own recipe development after that. So I understood, okay, these are how these certain styles work. And then I saw how he was like, oh, yeah, well, that's this type of IPA, and these are some of the ingredients that we use for that. So from that point, it was, and you're kind of like asking, like, where, like, the kickoff happened. Like, for me, like, in my head, it was, like, that after getting some of those recipes and building out my own stuff, I was like, oh, okay, this could be a thing. Um, and that probably was in, yeah. like, 2018 when we went down there. Is it 18? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that the experimenting, if I can call it that, right, experimenting. Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, that's kind of when you're like, ah, yeah. I can mm-hmm. figure out things. Um, what were... Okay, so strawberry milkshake IPA. That, <laughs> that, that, like, I would, I would love a sample of that, like, right now. Because that'd be really cool. Um, so I, I would imagine, like, the wheel started turning on like what flavors 
could I create? So, right, like, right, what right, were right. some of the initial flavors <laughs> where you're like, I'm going to give this a shot? doesn't even matter how it turned out, but you're like, I'm going to give this a shot. <sighs> I'm trying to think about like, the crazier ones. So we did like some... Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, so we ended up doing, yeah, like, Fruity Pebble IPAs. Um, donuts. Donuts. Where you put, like, actual donuts go in the yeah. mash. Uh, actual Fruity Pebbles went in yeah, the Fruity Pumpkin pebbles. pies. Um, all kinds of different cereals. Yeah, like favorite iconic childhood cereals. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, how about any that, and we could go on and on about tons of these questions, but these are ones that I'm like curious about. How sure, about yeah. one that you were like super excited about? You're like, oh, this flavor is going to be phenomenal. The res- end result, though, was absolutely terrible. And you're like, nah, this is not going to work. Or is that possible? Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, no, so I, yeah, there was one that we're going to, that I did that I had this grand idea. So we're not, really big fans of champagne it was uh coming up on new year's and i wanted to do kind of like a uh, at that time the the brute ipa was a thing so a really really dry crisp fizzy ipa so i was like oh we can do this brute ipa thing and have it at a higher abv closer to like wine and it just was not good at all i i ended up actually dumping that batch i was just like yep nope this is not (laughs) crossing the finish line (laughs) like well maybe that's just not a style that's gonna gonna work for us (laughs) yep Okay. Um, how about like now when you're like having new creations, will you do it on a micro scale, do all the math and then do it on the macro scale that you have going on? No, everything that we do is just full send on the, the five barrel system. Yep. Okay. All right. I'll, even, even when you're experimenting with like, here's a new flavor, I got everything. It. Yep. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of guts and that's, that's excellent. That's the confidence too. in like the product you're going to create, you, you got to the point where you could recognize like this is going to work out or that crazy idea is probably not going to work out but yeah yeah after doing that much it was kind of like okay I kind of understood what flavors and what things go together and I mean you walk down the ice cream aisle or you know the cookie aisle or whatever and see some of these different combinations of stuff and you're like well I mean that should work and I've always tried to figure out what the the blend of ingredients is and I always just double it like Whatever, like, oh, this many Pop-Tarts to put in it, just, just double it. This many, you know, Fruity Pebbles, just just double it. Okay. So uh, that's what one of the things we did with Cherry Avenue, um, which is one of our, I mean, I, we were trying not to do flagship beers, but it seems like that's the one every fifth customer comes in and asking for it. it's more than every fifth. It's just like, it's probably, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's asking for that one to come back, and we're like, well. It is really good. We should bring it back because it's like. And we're on Cherry Avenue, and it's like Maple Syrup County, so right. It, it kind of makes sense. Back, yeah. yeah. And also, it's interesting. Like that is not like a seasonal beer. You could really think about like, yep, in the summer. That's when yeah. I had tried it. That's really when it came out. Like for you guys here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally a fall beer. It could definitely be a winter, more of a Absolutely. holiday yeah. kind of beer. Yeah. And then spring could make an argument for that. Right. From the cherry, so. A lot of people are also asking if we're going to do more other or other beers with maple syrup in them too. So that was another request that people have been asking because it's <laughs> people around here use maple syrup in everything. It's like a thing. Yeah. Now let's talk about so. like around here. Like you could start a brewery anywhere. So why here in Chardon? So so yeah, back with like the, in the 2018 2019 was when. He was like, I want to open a brewery. I think we should do this, Chelsea. I think it would be great. I think, you know, and I'm like, what? Like, what do you, how? How are you, how are we going to do this? Like, I do hair. I love doing hair. I don't really see myself leaving that for, like, a long time. Dave's a software engineer. I'm like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to own two businesses? So 
um, we actually wanted, we fell in love with this area of North Carolina, Wilmington, uh, where Wilmington Brewing Company is, the milkshake, strawberry milkshake IPA. And we were like, we should like move down south. We'll like open this brewery down there. And like, you know, this will be like this dream, whatever. So we started looking at, um, he was looking for a job there, which at the time, like no one was really remote, right? In 2019. And um, there was just nothing that he could find. And actually he was trying to get a job with um, Untapped because they were hiring some software engineers but it just wasn't like working out and uh you know to uproot your entire family and i wouldn't have been working anymore i can't you can't start over doing hair and expect to you know i did hair when i retired from hair in february i did hair for 20 years so my plan was to like i would be running this brewery and whatever so it just wasn't working out and we decided all right we're not moving to north carolina plus the kids we have family here grandparents are involved with our children and they were like you're gonna move to north carolina so I was like, well, then we need to move. I need to move. We like change. We move. We've already moved a couple of times over the years being married. We like a new scenery, a new drive to work, kind of things like that. So we decided we were going to move out of Lake County. And the joke was we were going to move south to mm. Chardon. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of moving to North Carolina, we moved to the Snow Belt, which then we joke that, you know, it'll really make us want to move to yeah. somewhere tropical even more so. But um, we decided, we looked all around Jaga County and just kind of fell in love with Chardon. Um, we didn't really ever come here before. We didn't know people here. We didn't really have family here, nothing like that. We just, I love like an old town and we just, we just loved it. We were like, this is it. So we started looking for houses here and brewery, like a space for the brewery at the same time. It was kind of a lot. And then we couldn't, we, the house landed really awesome. It was actually one of my clients um, came, called me and said, I have to cancel my appointment because I'm listing my house on the market. And I was like, wait, you live in Chardon, right? So we literally went to see the house the next night and like bought this house. And like, for, for context, Fairport is where you were doing hair, right? Yes. That's where your business was. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So we end up buying this house and then trying to find, um, we were like looking at places on the square, Joyce Perico, which you did an interview on her, um, great, great couple, that both of them, um, they showed us a couple of their properties, but we found out very quickly, like, the places on the square all have a basement, so, like, these tanks would not hold up on a first floor. They'd have to go into the basement, and then we were like, you'd almost have to, like, cut out floors to, like, and have, like, a crane dropping these things. I mean, we were like, okay, that's, this is not going to work. <laughs> very cute places up there, but we're like, it's not going to work. We need, like, a warehouse that's on, like, a concrete slab, and couldn't find anything in Chardon. So then we start looking outside of Chardon. So here we are, we like moved to Chardon. We wanted the brewery here and we're like, oh no, like we can't find a spot. So we started looking all the way south by like Bainbridge area. We looked, I mean, everywhere. (laughs) We looked back into Lake County. We were looking in Fairport um, and just like nothing was coming up. So then COVID hit and we were like, we need to just put this on the back burner because opening a business right now is going to be chaotic. And, you know, timing is everything. So um, we would still drive around. We looked at some places in Chesterland and uh, just weren't finding what we were looking for. And then it was December of 2021. Um, We love to go to Chardon Tavern, the Bev. Um, On Friday nights, they do like a special dinner, like special dinner menu. So they post that on Facebook on Fridays. So we were talking about going out to eat that night. And Dave's like, I'll check Facebook and see what the... The menu is going to be for the night. 
And when he opened up Facebook, he accidentally clicked Marketplace, and it showed like 1,700 square foot warehouse for rent in Chardon. And we saw like the garage door, and he literally like the garage door, and he literally like ran inside. He's like, "I'll be right back. I'm gonna go look at this building. There's a building in Chardon." I'm like, "Okay, bye." Like, so oh, then you open left. He up and left. Yeah, okay. And when he called Bruce, Bruce is like, I literally just posted that like five minutes ago. Like, talk about timing. Mm -hmm. So he runs and sees it and talks to him. And then he comes back and he's like, Chelsea, this, I, think, I think I found it. I think I found it. So I'm like, well, I want to go see it. So called Bruce back. And Bruce is like, sorry, guys, my evening is booked. You know, I'll have to have you guys come. Can you come tomorrow morning? Well, it was the Saturday before Christmas, which is my busiest Saturday of doing hair. And I was booked until 5 o'clock. And so we're like, hang on. I'm like, I can't cancel my appointments for the day. I have to go do hair. So we called him back. We're like, could we come after 5 o'clock? And he was like, I already have, like, I don't know what it was seven or ten people like lined up to see the building Holy already smokes. on Saturday and we're wow. like oh no so we're like can you just like wait and he's like since you guys were the first ones I'll you know I won't sign any deals tomorrow but if you could come right after five o'clock so we came after five o'clock and kind of came up with a list of more questions to ask and we found out this whole property that comes with this building we have all the way to like that behind that red barn and over so this is like you know our future patio space which so many places that was like a key thing like you have to have this outdoor beer garden patio you know a lot of buildings didn't have that to offer so or they were like sandwiched in between um you know two other buildings and things like that so we were like okay can we like sleep on it like one more night and then we called them the next day and we we're like we'll take it this is it so and our house is like two and a half miles away so maybe three <laughs> so yeah it was like crazy and if if folks can like that are listening go back in time and understand that time frame, I mean, real estate was going crazy. Yeah, right. So yeah. like, there it makes sense that there's a lot of folks like looking at it. Um, well, congratulations that you made that happen. Thank you. And then, and then there was everything between that time and today, or even like right when you guys opened. And there's just so much that happened, and I only know bits and pieces of that because we were connecting quite a bit during that time, uh, Chelsea and I, and listening to everything that you guys had to go through. There was a lot. There's a lot. I yeah. think um, there. Uh, I think a lot of people would have given up and just like let it go. Of course, there's the contract involved. But um, uh, do you guys want to share kind of any of the the trials that you guys went through that you guys have crossed the bridge? You've you've, you've made it happen. But looking back on it, you're just like, holy cow! Yeah, we had to do all that. Well, I think one of the funny things was. Um, so we signed on the building, and we were like, he, Dave has done a lot of design work and stuff, so he was planning out um, the floor plan. And we actually, like, so again, this is like the week of, like, you know, Christmas. <laughs> the kids were all off school at home. We went to Walmart, and we bought a big, huge, um, like, foam poster board and a package of... Um, What's the paper? Construction, Construction paper. paper. And we, he like designed it on a computer to scale like everything, like all the sizes of the tanks, the sizes of the tables, the size of the bar that we thought. And we cut it out on pieces of paper and we set it up on our dining room table. And the kids were like, we were like literally designing this space with the kids with like construction paper on a board. <laughs> it's That's like so, so cool. funny. So we had this whole thing, you know, it was like after Christmas, we're like, all right, we have the floor plan designed. Like, we're like ready to do this. We'll like you know, contact this guy that was going to do some of the construction stuff, and 
when he had, uh, the construction guy had contacted the city, it was kind of like this big laugh. The city's like, yeah, no, you need like a, um, what's it called? You need an actual architect. An architect, thank you. You need to an architect. And we're like, that. what do you mean we need an architect? <clears throat> like, here's the design. Yeah, you know? right. The poster board. And we were like, <laughs> right. an architect? Yeah. Like, we don't know an architect. So we started, you know, calling and emailing just all these, like asking, do you know an architect? I, we need an architect. And then we were realizing, you know, some of them were coming in at like 40, 50,000 just to like draw this design. And we were like, uh, wait, <laughs> what did we just sign up ourselves up for? But now looking back, we did find a really great guy um, that did all the architect stuff for a great, great price. Um, but it was funny because the stuff he was coming up with of like where to put these underground pipes and we would have never been able, like we did the floor plan, but we wouldn't have known electric and plumbing of like where to put all this stuff you know to make it like make sense with drainage and things like that so we definitely needed an architect <laughs> and that, that's real like things it's funny that's, though to think like you know, we when, thought we when, didn't but when people are talking about like starting a business i'm just yeah, i'm gonna find a space and then just like build it out real quick like that's that's real life that i don't think a lot of folks realize right like you have to go through and and, and our design changed for, multiple times because worse. of that they're like well you know the sewers out there here you got to put this here do this here and and that almost took about six months like of time just like Design. we're like uh we need to like open we're like you know so that yeah. was a huge chunk of it so no when i was going through my design i used uh legos oh, so i wasn't awesome. like so i'd like build all legos and uh my boys helped as well that's great just not in the same way that uh where your kids are at because mine are a lot littler so it was playing with legos no, I you know it. so that's dismantling cool. kind of things but anyways um, so yeah, Dave, and then I was just gonna say like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying we really lucked out with the architect that we ended up stumbling on. So he was like uh, an, an older guy that was doing like literally everything by paper, and then he had uh, another guy that he worked with for the MEP stuff, so the mechanical electrical plumbing, which I didn't even know what that meant at that time. And um, so I ended up talking with the guy who was doing the MEP stuff and come to find out this is one of his last projects that he's ever working on and he had built out uh, a lot of the cheesecake factories and everything so he was very familiar with not necessarily a brewery but it was a brewery was on his bucket list uh, of stuff so it was really cool that he got to check that off on his thing um, on his you know one of his last projects and he brought the experience of restaurants and flow and everything um, to that as well um, where we have talked to some of our other brewery friends and some of their architects like really delayed projects and things and uh, you know which is super unfortunate and I'm, I'm just very glad that <laughs> we were able to get that stuff pushed through with um, with that group mm-hmm. so that was a huge learning experience going through that because you, you just shared like yeah you had your vision on the poster board going into the city and then they're like nope we need architectural drawings six months later Got them. A lot of revisions. Six months later, not like next week. We're no. like starting. Right. All right. So next kind of next step. What? Then what's going on? Um, it was like they ended up having to tear out like all the concrete floor and start completely fresh. So that was another. We were like, oh, we can't. Like you know, we wanted this concrete slab, right? Yep. And now we're tearing, excavating the entire floor out because of to put in the proper drainage that we needed so we were like okay but <laughs> I mean any building probably would unless it like had perfect drains or was a brewery or 
was something that had like the, the what a trough drains, trench drain things. Like, I mean, like a farm building or barn has those kind of things, but. So yeah, so then the whole floor gets dug out, which it was, we have pictures of that, yeah. It was like, oh man, this is like really starting over. Like we're going backwards, it almost felt like. But then the drains went in and the new floors went down and, and then from there it kind of was going up pretty quickly with stuff. Next we had to bring in, uh, so I engineered the, all the brewing equipment and everything. And on the home brewing side we did, I was, it was all electric. So I was like, okay, well we're an outfit that says all electric. So there's a few different options as far as like brew houses and stuff go. So you can do electric, which is what we picked. You can do direct fire, which is you literally have a flame underneath. Think of like a, a stove, but really big. Like a gas stove. Or you can do steam. Uh, but with steam, you have to have a big steam condenser in the space. There's just not space for that. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do electric. And then we didn't have three-phase here. So <laughs> I had to bring in three-phase. So they had to put up uh, another pole for three-phase, bring that all in. Uh, and that was a huge thing, like the illuminating company had to like put yeah. in this like three-phase electric. <laughs> so we were like, that was another thing that we didn't like totally realize we were going to need. Yeah. Then we found out towards the end of the project, uh, or the build-out at least, that the gas lines coming in weren't enough for what we needed. So the hot water tanks, the hot water tanks, the HVAC, it, the gas line wasn't enough. So we had to talk to the gas company to increase the gas flow. And then because we're not the only tenant on this gas line, we had to put like restrictors on the other ones. So that way they didn't have too much gas going into their thing. So it was like almost all, everything but water we had to, to upgrade. Yeah. Oh, I remember crazy. too, it was like um, the cold storage. When we, for some reason, well, remember the pricing, everything was like price gouging of everything was like crazy during that whole time frame. So the cold storage, they were like, you couldn't like find them anywhere. And so like get them, like people were like, visit, well, every, a lot of people were like opening up or expanding restaurants and stuff. Cause then like almost like towards the tail end of COVID, I guess I should say, cause people were getting, businesses were getting money and all those like government funds and things like that. So we we were like we need this cold storage unit and weren't they like fifty sixty thousand dollars for like a brand new one and we were like they never were that much before we were like are you kidding me like what do you well, mean it was, it was the cost so, plus the lead time so that was and for the other project like, the oh, lead time out. on those was three three months out at least or more yeah so we ended up look, starting to look online for we we bought a lot of like well not your equipment but that was used. Um, but we, that ended up coming from California, right? Those guys, they had a brewery there, and they were relocating their brewery to Michigan. Michigan. Actually, a non-alcoholic brewing company. Um, so we bought their cold storage unit. It was cheaper to buy that and have it shipped from California on a bed, on a truck bed, than to buy a brand new one. Holy smokes, yeah. But, um, yeah, there was lots of, like, hurdles now that you're bringing it all back. I know. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We, like, we, we can bring that back that. now because, like, you guys, you, you're here today open house uh, you, I mean you guys have already been open for a while but open house is there coming up this week and like looking back it's, it's like bringing up like I don't say like a lot of dirt but you know just like those, those moments like you guys like made that happen and I'm sure like that was super stressful we haven't even talked about like what you had shared with me like the sewer line was like a big deal yes. too right and uh, each bag was that another piece that was um, challenging or that just was just a new unit up on the roof yeah, so in the end, it was just a new unit up on the roof. The problem was it was six-month lead time. So Lanigan Heating and Cooling, like, 
got the thing on order and I kept messaging him like, hey, where's this thing? Like, oh, it should be six months. So it ended up being eight months by the time it got here. Which was everything was just like on insane. back order like, and yeah. yeah. It was the same thing, like all the lead time, like garage doors was And that three was months something out. that like, came like right before we opened because we, a lot of stuff was done in here, but we were like, you can't open without heating and cooling. Like yeah. we can't, you know, and actually I don't even think the city, the city wants everything, you know, everything needs to be done in, in working order for a business to open. So, because we were yeah. even like, we could bring in fans and like, it'll be all right. Like we'll make it work. And then we're like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't want it. You know, you, it's a first impression thing too. You want everything to like look nice and be done and not right. like under construction still. So it was just waiting. And every week it would be like, it's the weekend again. Like you get excited for the weekend. Normally we would get like oh, another week went by and we're, like, and we're not open. And we're like, and another week went by and it was like, Oh, so. And you guys are both still working, right? And you're raising three kids. So I would imagine like there is probably a lot of stressful moments where it's like, we're, we're still doing this. Uh, we wish we were open at this point, but we're still working through all these processes. I'm sure like every single person around your orbit was like, hey, when are you guys opening? Yeah. And I, I'm sure like you just were like, please don't, don't ask. We had so yeah. many people like pulling up here, you know, and it was, we were trying to get like work done too, but we tried to like chat with people for a few minutes, but when are you opening? When are you opening? We're like, trust us, there will be a big sign out here that says open, like, don't you worry. But every night we had lots of people coming and, you know, just driving by, are you open yet? Are you open yet? We're like, soon, kind of. <laughs> but then the, but, the first couple nights happened, right? You guys are opening. How did that act, How did that feel? It was amazing. I mean, it was like, we looked around, it felt like super surreal. I think we were probably, you know, running on fumes too, because you hadn't slept in, I mean, you were like living up here 24-7. He was like sleeping in his truck. He slept on this concrete floor actually a couple times. Um, but yeah, it was like, it almost felt like it took a lifetime to do it, but then at the same time, it felt like we did it in a week. Like, it was a weird feeling. We were like, how did we, like, do all this? Like, almost like, where did the time go? But then it felt like we did it, like, overnight. I don't know. It was a very weird feeling. <laughs> and then to have all these people, like, you know, we did the two soft openings and then our opening day, June 30th, which is fun because um, this week, you know, our ribbon cutting is August 30th, so it's, like, exactly, like, two months after. But June 30th, you know, everyone in here, we didn't know. So the two soft opening nights, you know, we're hugging everybody. It's our friends. It's our family. It's our coworkers. It's our bosses. It's, you know, all kinds of people that we knew. And then June 30th, we knew no one. And we poured almost 800 beers that night. And we were like, this is like our customers. This is like, people know about us. They like found us and came here. And that was like, why? It was just like crazy. So, and we've already met like just so many people, um, you know, lots of good energy, you know, the local people, this is great, we're so happy you're here, like, you know, we've already had multiple return customers, and they've already become, like, a friend, you know, we're like, oh, so-and-so's here, or whatever, so it's been really cool. There was a ton of buzz around, you know, you guys opening before you opened, and then when you opened, like, still, a lot of people talking about, like, 11.3, like, the brewery in Chardon, and that's, like, exciting, I think it should be exciting for, like, a long, long time. Um, the, for the folks that haven't been here, how would you share with them like what your atmosphere is and who your typical folks are that are coming to enjoy the experience? I don't know. What would you say? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> right? Because there's, there's probably not just like one type of person. 
Right. And that's just from that, my that was, experience. That was one of the other things that was really neat that we saw uh, after like being open to the, the public without you know you know friends and family. It was all these people, and it was like people on a date night, people just hanging out with their guys after golfing, families, kids outside playing with sidewalk chalk, and we had a, a gentleman come, hey, can the kids throw the football? I'm like, yes. Like, right. It's kind of like surreal. Like this is that atmosphere you wanted to build, you know, going to all these different breweries like in North Carolina and different places across the U.S. It was like we wanted that place that was you could go to on a date night with your wife uh, or significant other, and but you could bring the kids up as well, um, where it was super kid friendly, but like still like nice and awesome atmosphere inside, where you'd be like, okay, this is this is a place that we can go to. Uh, yeah, I think like. And people say, like, wow, this is, like, really, really nice in here. And I just like to remind, you know, nice but not pretentious. Like, it's, like, I, we wanted, like, a really beautiful-looking space. Um, just almost, like, this upscale vibe of a brewery. Yeah, we picked that up from a couple other breweries that we were picking up some ideas on that are not in Ohio. And, like, it just, it's nice to hear people say that. Like, wow, this is, like, really nice in here. But I don't, but it's still, like, down-to-earth hometown feel, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, like like I said, like a pretentious feel or like some fancy restaurant that you feel like you need to get dressed up to to come to or something like that. No, it's like laid back vibe. Yep. I think a lot of people recognize that vibe too. Like you people put a lot of intention. Yeah, you put a lot of like attention and into the details so yeah. about like, here's where the table came from. Here's where the countertop yes. came from. Um, like I'd everything love to, has a story. <laughs> to know like, where did you find like the, the boards right above that like flip and it's so cool and they flip. It's like a magic show. If someone hasn't been here yet to, to see, like, what's up there. Um, so, yeah, please talk about the vibe. Dave, you're about to say something. I cut you off. Uh, no, it's like, it's like you, you have a vision of what you want that vibe and that feel to be. And it's even, like, in, like, work cultures and businesses and stuff, like, you can have a vision of that vibe. But, like, to have customers come back and say, like, that vision of that vibe, that it's, like, tripping over words. It's hard to, like put that in words of what you want that to be. But when customers say, like, oh, the, the vibe here is just totally different, like... A lot of people talk, they literally say, the vibe. The vibe in here, the vibe in here. And I'm like, they're like, you just come in, it has, like, this really cool vibe, this really cool energy. Like, we're like, thank you. Like, I don't know how you describe that to people, but people are picking up on that. Um, a lot of our Google reviews and stuff have been talking about just how nice everyone is in here, or just, like, you know... The owners were there, they were really nice, but like our bartenders, like everyone was really nice, everyone was smiling, everyone was very friendly. So that's something that we um, talked to our staff about too, like prior to opening. Like, this is like a really fun place. I want everyone greeted when they walk in the door, go talk, go mingle with customers, go bring them a little taste of something, go like make a friend for the night, you know, go talk to people. It's like, so. Yeah, and I, you know, I did hair, so, like, I talked to people for 20 years and heard everyone's life stories and things like that, so I'm a talker, I love socializing with people and um, big into, like, hospitality, like, I just think it's, you know, when, when my customers at the salon would walk in the door, it's this experience that I want to give them that's, like, the utmost, I want them to go and talk about how great it was to get their hair done, you know, whether my atmosphere at my salon is all beach decorated inside and it's two doors down from the lighthouse so you have this whole like and people would say there they still do when I sit here I feel like I'm on vacation because it's kind of set up like a, a beach house so I don't know it's like the same thing here I wanted it and I ordered this tile like right after we like signed the lease like I knew I wanted this mm -hmm. um, and it's funny like the owners of Allstone Granite 
because um, they put our, our bar top in over here. When they did it, they were like, how did, they were talking to you, they were like, how did Chelsea know like she wanted this color like a year and a half ago? <laughs> he's like, it like matches, and he's like, I don't know, she just picks it out. Like, I don't know, I had this like thing in my mind of what I wanted it to look like. And a lot of the breweries in and around, you know, Jagger County and Cleveland, like we've been to all of them. So we had to set ourselves apart. Like we didn't want to be matching, like, you know, then people, oh, you, that you look like this place or, you know, it looks a lot like this or that. And I'm like, no, I want it to be our own thing. And people come in and say, it looks like Asheville, North Carolina. I feel like I'm in Austin. I feel like we're out west in Arizona. This feels like I'm in, I don't know, fill in the blank of like another city, which made me more happy than you look like so-and-so down the street or something like that, you know, just setting our own look yeah that that's really cool that's really uh, and then chardon comes here and that's the chardon part yeah that that makes it home which is really neat yeah. and they say i don't feel like i'm in chardon but like in a good way like it feels and mm-hmm. i think too this whole back area because like it's all like trees and then we have like the wildflowers kind of on the one side and when you're sitting out there you don't feel like you're in chardon city i mean taco bell's two doors down and <laughs> you know like sheets gas station but it doesn't feel like that you feel like you're in this like backyard and it's like this is a great spot i love this location so this is really good yeah that, it's excellent do you have anything to add to that no she said it all it's all right you can talk about yeah. the best of boards yeah so the best of boards are the flipboards uh that you're talking about a few moments ago uh we we're trying to figure out a different way to do like Menu. menus and everything where you go to any kind of different places. It's on TV. Sometimes it's like really small. I can barely read it. Or they'd um, say they have like a chalkboard menu. Or, yeah, right. And there's, but somebody has to get up on a ladder and like design those things. So yeah, it was a lot of like, what do we want our menu board to be? Like we have to do something different. <laughs> I'm not even sure how we stumbled upon them. Yeah. Did know. you see it somewhere or how like we were just like online, just looking at different ways and different things and then I don't know if you're looking at I think it was like when you buy like those individual letters and you make like almost it look like the sandwich board type of thing okay but he was like we're gonna be up there like switching those all the time like (laughs) um so I don't know if searching for that like this ended up coming up or something and it was like whoa what is this yeah could you believe that something like that existed because I've never seen one before and it is so fun to watch no but when we found it we were like oh it's in all these when you could go to on their website and see like all the different places that it's in so we were like okay that's you were like I want that yeah Yeah. Yeah. it'd be hard to turn away from that I'm sure once you saw it yeah and people do like it's so fun to see people like walk in and they stare up at it yeah and you could tell it's their first time in because they're looking for the menu and then it flips and they're like what that just flipped or sometimes people get frustrated though they're like wait what happened to that we're like don't worry and then it's a conversational piece this is like the modeled after the old european train stations and they still exist there and actually uh dave's brother and his girlfriend were just in um san diego or no san francisco and they right. took the train into the city and the old-fashioned like whatever they're actually called flipboard things are still at the san francisco train station and they sent us a picture of these huge ones and it's runs all the times of all the trains and that's what used to be at all the airports and stuff so yeah it's, pretty, cool. it's a fun conversational piece for sure but we have printed menus that we realized very quickly <laughs> yeah did we even have those on the first weekend? I think we called Shetlers and had him make them on the fly. Yeah, because he came to our opening night. Because nice. <laughs> we were like, 
oh my gosh, it's flipping and people are like, you know, like, hold on, we need, so we, each day we add different things too, of like, oh, we need this or don't need that. But it's really cool too, because it's just an app on your phone or you can do it from your laptop uh, to change all the stuff and set it as a, a rotating thing, which is really cool. Uh, but it also has different like API integrations. So we have it integrated with like MLB. So when the Indians are playing, like it flips and shows the score of the Indians game. When the Browns are playing, it flips and shows the score of that. So it's really neat to be able to integrate some of that stuff. People are like, oh, you can get TVs and you know play all the sports games. I'm like, that's just again back to the vibe thing. Like that isn't really our vibe. Um, yeah. Maybe we do down the road. Not really sure. But this kind of gives you still that like as soon as there's a touchdown, it pops up or end of the quarter it pops up um, and it shows you all the different like scores and things so one of the other things I was looking into because um, we're in Chardon Chardon football is a huge huge thing here uh, trying to figure out how to get that integration up there as well so when Chardon scores like the, the last game that they played a huge high scoring game and it would just be really cool to have like the actual local sports and stuff too so so we reached out to Vestaport about that and they're, yeah. they're working on it oh that's yeah. neat they were yeah. like we could see that I'm like we were kind of surprised that nobody else has asked for it but they were like uh, yeah we're going to look into see how we can do this so Very cool. yeah yeah you guys are going to help them improve their product too right? so that's great <laughs> um, real life conversation part here um, husband and wife starting a business together that, that cannot be easy I don't think a lot of couples can actually make that happen um, how do you guys how do you do it I said we kind of split everything up, so uh, when people come in and say, oh my gosh, this place is so beautiful and it's so really nice, and it's like, that's all Chelsea, that's all her things. Like she does the look, the feel, the colors, the ambiance, all of that. And I say, if the beer's okay, that's, that's on me. So, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of how we split everything up. So I take care of all of this brewing, packaging, social media, can labels, all that kind of stuff. I take care of all of that, recipe development, ordering, all the grains, the cans, whatever we need to do on that side of it. And then she manage, takes care yeah, of this of whole side of the house. So. so I do everything from scheduling, payroll, um, you know, anything with the bartenders, cleaning, any kind of ordering for front of the house, um, you know, napkins, cups, dealing with cash drawers, bank, banking type stuff. So, yeah. And we've joked over the years, um, about working together, actually, which is kind of funny. I don't think many couples maybe talk about that, but um, we would always joke because engineering and hairdressing is, like, completely different, and I am so far removed. I, I could never do the computer <laughs> stuff that he does. And he is – Dave is kind of one of the type of person that he could do kind of anything. It's very impressive. I feel like in sports, too, you could pick up any ball and be very successful at any oh, sport. Oh, you're that he's guy. He's that guy. Oh, <laughs> but he's always said, I could never do hair. That would be the one thing that I could never do. He's like, I could try. But he said, I don't think, you know, but he's like, I could do a lot of other stuff. So we would always say, like, I wonder, like, because we've done other business stuff over the years. Dave's had some different businesses. I've had some different businesses. But we've never had one together. And we always were like, what would we even do together? Because, like, it's I don't know. And this, it's just crazy how this has come together. And it's, like, super fun. Like, we actually do love working together. Sometimes we get in each other's way a little bit. We're like, move over. Get out get out, get out, out from behind the bar. This is nice. Go back by the brewery here. <laughs> this isn't your place. <laughs> but, no, it's, like, it's actually been really fun. So, yeah. Now, Chelsea, I know that you have stopped hairdressing. Yep. Right. Um, and, Dave, what about you from a software engineering standpoint? Yeah, so uh, still doing software development management. Um, 
so the company that I'm with, we do smart manufacturing for small and medium-sized industrial companies. Um, so we're working on actually having our facility as one of the pilot facilities uh, to do some of the smart manufacturing stuff. So we have various different sensors and things on our tanks uh, that's actually up in our uh, smart manufacturing cloud platform uh, already. So uh, for October, we're doing uh, another demo uh, with that, with one of the other companies that um, is working on like uh, SOPs or standard operating procedures uh, to accelerate some of the, the different, I guess, checkpoints and data points for a brew day or transferring or fermentation and that kind of thing. So it's really cool <coughs> Excuse me. Um, to have our company on board with looking at all this kind of data and stuff too. So it's really neat to uh, kind of take everything I've ever done and put it kind of into one, one kind of business. So everything from marketing and advertising, website development, to, uh, to coding, to wiring, uh, and then now into the smart manufacturing stuff, uh, and then taking all of that and saying, hey, this little hobby that I was doing, you know, with 15 gallons, let's, let's make it 155 gallons and, and see how it goes. Yeah. yeah it was really, really cool that, yeah, the company that he works for wanted, they were like, could we make that your place, like a pilot facility or whatever? And Dave's like, so like my like nine to five job is going to be like, I'm going to be working on this project that's like my like side hustle job. Yeah, that, that's a huge deal. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's a lot to that. There's a lot of trust involved with that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, having an employee, right, and they have this side hustle that's a big deal that's actually like a second job. And then actually combining those two. There's a lot around that that's pretty cool, and I think that's a testament to, like, your trust, right, and, and your personality. You're an easy guy to get along with. You know what you're doing, um, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but that's that's really cool that they're able to work with you and, and you're working too, with them. And yeah, the, uh, the whole idea of what we're doing as, a, like, smart manufacturing is really trying to make this kind of technology accessible to some of the other small and medium companies. There's a lot of small and medium companies. They don't have tens of millions of dollars for a little pilot project, you know? So how can we make smart manufacturing accessible to uh, other small businesses? So on the brewing side, uh, some of the guys that we had talked to, uh, like in California, like the management was 100% on board, but the brewers were like, don't touch my stuff. Uh, and for myself, understanding the brewing process, but understanding the business side and understanding the technology side, I said, hey, look, let's use this as a pilot facility. And then we can say, hey, this is the actual legit value that this can bring if we can turn these tanks faster uh, on the business side this is going to make you a lot more money on, and more efficient on the business side um, which ends up translating to a better product a more consistent product uh, and more profitability on the business side um, so being able to have access to those kind of things and then really kind of uh, we have a, a term democratizing smart manufacturing is making it easy and accessible uh, to some of these other companies so some of our local brewing friends uh, be like hey let's this is what we did this is you know how this has helped us and made things a lot easier and more efficient and being able to help those other companies out as well is the the idea behind the main the main gig um, so it's, just, it's it's neat to be able to put those put those kind of things together and again just helping out other other people and this, the whole brewing community is 100% that we've had you know, so much help from a lot of the local local places, uh, Crooked Pecker and Eighth Day Brewing, and uh, all these guys have just been extremely helpful with any questions and, and set up uh, and being able to give back on the technology side. You know, to help them out. You know, on that side to make all of us more successful, I think is 
is wonderful. Yep, successful. And uh, how about like giving yourself some of your time back? Oh, right, yeah. like oh, automating absolutely. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like before we actually recorded, we were connecting on a level that is kind of fun. It's like, hey, being business owners, like finding time just like for your family. Uh, and we're both skipping town around actually like the same week. First week in October. Yeah. So the last day of September, <laughs> right? First week in October. Um, so as part of that system that you're developing, um, does that give you like a lot of peace of mind on getting out of town? Like, will some of that run on its own? Next year, probably. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, once that kind of stuff's all set up, there's a lot of pieces and parts uh, to make sure that a lot of checks and balances because we're dealing with a lot of temperature, a lot of pressure, a lot of different things. It's it's industrial. It's not <laughs> yeah. it's not the, the little home brewing setup uh, yep. type deal. So we want to make sure that each one of those sensors is working exactly how it is uh, to make sure, like, okay, the pressures are the pressures. We don't want to turn on the glycol chiller when everything's there and then the tank collapses on itself uh that would not be good so we got to make sure like okay all the different things are opening and closing and uh and you hope to like integrate testing, it like yeah. on your phone right so you can, right. like be able to check mm-hmm. temperature yeah. controls and stuff like that like when you're not here so yeah. so it, it sounds like it's i understand very complicated in a like a, a tech kind of way i was trying to make an awesome segue into like hey you guys are skipping town because this technology you made not quite there at the moment, <laughs> but there that's all right um, but that segue was kind of getting into like you guys are humans you have you have a life and um, you're able to like live it outside of what you're doing I, maybe now since like things are up and running right um, so it's exciting that you guys are getting out of town at that time which is pretty cool yeah but that requires as we we're talking about like trust in like your team your staff. Yep. so that's where um if I can make an assumption, like, Chelsea, you're kind of wearing the hat of, like, you, doing the management. You've done that, like, your entire career there as well. Kind of. Well, my salon, um, the girls are actually independent contractors, so they manage themselves. I maintain the space, but I don't have um, too much play on managing people. So this was a little bit new for me, a lot of bit new, I should say. Um, and actually, at our very first meeting, you know, the week before we opened, I told the girls, I was like, I've never done this before. I've never opened a bar. I've never opened a brewery. I've never managed a brewery. I've never managed a bar. I've never managed bartenders. Um, you know, give me some grace. I, I read multiple books, listened to multiple audiobooks. Um, I did a ton of research of, like, what to do, how to do. I talked to some other business owners that run, like, restaurants and have employees and stuff because I was like, you know, how am I going to do this? But I very quickly, I feel like, picked it up. Like, okay. I think I'm doing pretty good, but I, um, you know, when we first opened, we didn't, I didn't really know, like, I don't know what, like, we do to open, I don't really know what we do to close, I just don't really know, I don't know what the day-to-day operations is going to look like, but you very quickly, you're like, okay, yep, we need to do this, or yeah, don't do that again, so um, actually, we had our one-month meeting about a month ago almost, right, yeah, a couple weeks ago, and at that point, I actually put together, like, opening procedures, closing procedures. Oh, my gosh. Um, a meeting meeting notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to do that. Because, like, right. we didn't really, again, I didn't know what, what needed to be done until, mm-hmm. you know, you see the place at the end. Okay, yeah, we do have to sweep every night. We have to mop floors. We have to wipe down the door. We have to, you know, there's just, like, a lot of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's actually very quickly, you know, and when you tell people this is what needs done, and they've been really great with it, so teamwork and it's getting more and more efficient every week which has been really great um so yeah 
it's actually going good. <laughs> I'd imagine like before you guys opened up, you were like, you know what, this is, this is going to be fun. And it's going to be a ton of work. Uh, but how much fun is it for you guys to do this? It's super fun, yeah. That, seem, like... that seems clear, by the way. Like, it's not a question of, like, is it actually fun? Like, it seems like it, it is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I was getting pretty burnt out with hair. Um, so, and then, like, this has just, like, lit my spark back up. So, I love it. Um, it's, like, the best thing ever. And it's so funny because so many of my clients were, like, what are you going to do there? Like, what are you, you're not, you know, you're not going to do hair. I'm, like, I, and at that point, too, I don't really know. Right. I'm going to be, like, managing this bar and probably scrubbing toilets and scrubbing floors too which I've done a little bit of everything so um I am loving it 100% so yeah yeah it's definitely a blast it's so cool to like take the creations that we made on a little scale make them big and then seeing the customers just light up like wow this is this is really good so sometimes you don't know what their expectations coming in were uh but to see them just like like hey how was it and like like sometimes it's just like wow it's been cool like a lot of people driving from over an hour away or that guy that came in um, that tiktok guy the other night he was from columbus we've had people from like out of state come in we've had people in town that were like we're here for a wedding we're from tennessee but we like found you online and like and then we've had a few people here celebrating birthdays anniversary we've had people from like out of state come had people in town that were like, we're here for a wedding, we're from Tennessee, but we like found you online. Heck and, like, yeah. and then okay. we had a few people here celebrating birthdays, anniversaries. We had a couple that came in with like like a two week old baby in their arm and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like look at this little baby and they're like, it's our first night out. And I'm like, and you're here, like you're at our place. So you get this like That's the oh vibe. Oh my gosh, this is like yep. so cool. So and I again I just like love people so it's been fun just talking to people and like hearing all the you know, I love just chatting. Where are you from? Where are you coming in from today? And it's like, oh, you came all the way here for us. <laughs> yep. So that's pretty fun. By the way, I'm, I'm pushing for um, meetings to happen from the Square Association here. It's going to be at the next meeting. We're going to push for that. We're going to make it happen. Um, anyways, oh, cool. yeah. so I'm, I'm publicly saying that. Yes. We, that it. needs to happen. Because <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. Uh, that doesn't yeah. mean we're going to have like, you know, a ton of beer like, while we're doing the meeting. But like, this is it's just a fun atmosphere. It's yeah. cool. Um, talking about like, like moving into like the future what what is the vision for maybe the rest of this calendar year or kind of into the future so really kind of working on this outdoor space um i don't know if it'll happen before the end of the year but we're working on getting like a covered like kind of pavilion type structure out here um because once we fill up in here we're a packed house and we have now six picnic tables outside that seats like what is that I don't know, about 50 people outside. Um, but the lovely Ohio weather, it's been so rainy this summer, and I think we just noticed it. You notice it way more when you have a, a patio to, like, oh, sure. like, and it's raining again, and it's raining again. So we've, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, so that's something, and, and it's nice because we can extend the space during the winter and have, like, those drop-down plastic sides and maybe some heaters out there for extra seating. Um, so that's kind of something that I'm working on as far as, like, that space. But we're already, we fill up and we're a packed house and we're like, wow, it's already, uh, it's already like, we could use a few more tables or a few more things. So, and then you're back there where you're brewing, it's pretty tight quarters. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, I, we'll see, you know what, I mean, we can't go anywhere for a while, but, 
um, you know, we can extend that way if needed and for people, but you have the brewing capacity right now for everything. So it's like a structural like kind of vision. Um, what about like anything from like a business standpoint? Um, anything you're that you would love like the listeners to know, like, hey, by the way, like we're open now, this is how we're operating, you know, Thursday, Saturday, we have the food truck in the evenings. Are you guys open on Sunday as well? Yeah, we are. Thursday Sunday. through Sunday. Thursday yeah. Sunday. Uh, we have a food truck every night. Um, sometimes it depends. You know, the food. Well, we have one every day that we're open. Sometimes they're able to come right when we open at three o'clock. Sometimes they're not able to come till five. Sometimes they stay till eight. Sometimes they can stay till nine because they do other events too and things like that. So the timing is always different, um, but it's always posted on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and on our website. Um, but and then we actually were. Just talking, like I said, every every weekend that we've been open, we come up with like new things. I think we might put a little, kind of like a chalkboard sign right when you walk up the patio that says, "So and so food truck arriving at like from four to nine tonight." Because cool. people come in and they're like, "Do you have food in here?" Is there like you know? I'm like, "Oh, they don't they don't know that we have a food truck. Got they didn't the see that. Right. They didn't find that." So you don't know where people are hearing about us or if they're finding us online and seeing all that info. Um, but yes, we have a food truck every day that we're open, and I'm now booking food trucks into like October, November. There's a handful that I've already talked to that want to work through the winter. Um, a lot of trucks do close up for the winter, but I'm finding some that want to stay open, and we we want food here. So if I can, whatever I can get, I'm you know really happy to have food. Um, what else would you say? That's really cool. You're giving them an opportunity. Yes. Like, I I really didn't think about that as being like a seasonal business, but. Horses seasonal food right. trucks, right? So and they that. do a lot of like the festivals where you know they're very busy at festivals and stuff like that. But there's not a lot of festivals in the winter, so it's kind of perfect because I'm like, I, we need food here. So if you can come here, we'd be thrilled to have you. So that's great. Yeah. What else would you tell customers that are listening? Parking. That's... Can we talk about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people ask about that. So we do have maps on our website of how to park, where to park. We understand that it can be a bit confusing. We're getting some more signs made to show people where to park. And actually on Wednesday for our ribbon cutting ceremony, um, my oldest son and his two friends are going to be out there with flags directing people um, to show them where to park. But the reason we cone off our area was asked by the city. A lot of people ask us this, so I'm just going to say it. Um, This is like a one-way little road right here and I actually have a picture that I posted of UPS came in one way and Cintas or FedEx came in one way and they were like this right outside here so we block it off because our patio is kid friendly dog friendly um, and we don't want traffic through here so it's coned off for that reason so cars aren't back here and this is now our patio so like don't park on the patio don't park where the food trucks go again we're getting signs made for that but parking can be, you know, all along this back building in front of Allstone. You could park in front of the building. You could park in front of the grass, over in front of the American flags by the trading post. El Patron has offered up their entire back lot for us. When we're open, we can park there. Um, and across the street, the management over there in between Zeppies and Consumer Tire has offered up our parking spots, which, you know, for people. So you have to walk a couple extra feet to get here, but... 
That's okay. I mean, we're like, we are not in like another major city where like we're parking and then we're walking like a quarter mile before right. we need to go. And so we, we remind people of that street. too. We're like, it's okay. And a lot of like, <laughs> even if you go downtown, there's breweries that you actually have to like pay to park. You sure. know, like you can't, they don't even have a parking lot. So yeah. we have parking. It's just, you know, kind of. I would, I would like to assume that like um, for anybody who hasn't been here yet, parking for the first time is like oh man that was a situation and then they forget about it immediately when they probably see the garage yes. door and then they don't think about it or again they say you just... were kind of hard to find and we're like but you found us welcome in what can and i get you, you to drink yep, yep. <laughs> and that's okay and that, that's a that's a it's a situation where i'm sure you guys kind of recognize right out the gate but again the yeah the space that you found it was like man this is definitely yes. a heck yeah this, and we turned it into like this kind of running joke so now we're calling it like speakeasy so we're like, yeah, we're speakeasy uh, style. You, you if you found into us, that. if you know, you yeah. know. If we're tucked in the back, and it's like this hidden gem. So yeah, this is great back here, and yeah. it's kind of cool that we're that we're tucked back. So we're actually coming up with some fun beer names for that too. That's cool. <laughs> to I just play it. off it, right? I love it. That's great. Um, well, I, th- I think I just have like one more question, which I always ask in my podcast. It's your favorite flavor, King Cone ice cream. Ooh. So what do you guys got? Okay, so they do this ice cream cone that is, like, so good. They, like, jab it with, like, caramel. So there's, like, caramel, like, stuffed inside the, like, the vanilla. And then it's, like, dipped in pecans, like, salted pecans, and then, like, chocolate. And I just, I'm a sweet salty, so, like, it's, like, heavenly. It's really good. Kind of like a turtle, turtle pecan. But it's on a a cone. Yes. Okay. And then each bite, you have like these like caramel like little pockets inside of it. Yep. Very good. And they're going to be at our ribbon cutting ceremony too. Excellent. Good. Like uh, like the the ice cream truck. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Free ice cream for the first 113 people. That's cool. Very good. Very good. I also see like the sign behind it. So uh, lobster. Yes. Cousins Maine's coming up from Columbus. Yeah, that's cool. And they'll be here the whole time serving three to ten. So. That's awesome. All right. What's your favorite flavor? Favorite flavor, Dave? And I'm just a vanilla ice cream guy, but I love the flurries, right? So that with all the Butterfinger is like my jam. Mm. Yeah. Extra (laughs) Butterfinger, more Butterfinger (laughs) with the vanilla. That's That's, great. That's my jam. Love it. That's good. That's good. Um, Is there anything that I did not ask that you guys would, would love to maybe shout out or share on the story? Just thank you to like everybody that's been supporting us in Chardon. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the community has just like been really great, great feedback from people. Yeah. Who else would you want to shout out? The local breweries, maybe. They were great. Yeah, and definitely the earlier, community, but. the customers, very you know, very thankful and humbled that you know they come back here week after week and try all the different new creations that we have. And uh, definitely a shout out to the, the brewing community as well that has been extremely helpful in questions and build outs and this is working that's not working how do you guys do this uh, letting us brew with them you know to learn various different things and doing collaborations it's just been like just community in general whether it's you know the customers or the brewing community everybody's been extremely helpful so it's I'll it's add wonderful. one more thing to yeah. that <laughs> the because um, this could be another opportunity for you too but the um, owners of Sugarbush Creek Farm they um, we use their maple syrup for the Cherry Avenue beer. Great, great family, great group of guys, and they were up on tanks helping Dave do wiring and would stop after work mm-hmm. to help like anything that we need help with. They they actually um, helped us at the Brew Fest, 
So there are like three brothers that all like wear these like matching outfits and really, really fun group of guys. But um, they own Sugarbush Creek, so that's in Dark County. If you, they do a Christmas tree farm, they have their maple syrup operation, which is like super high tech, very cool. Um, if you're looking for somebody else to interview too, they're really fun. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. But they were just so helpful with so many things and so many people were, so yeah. I think I recall that um, like one of your posts on Instagram was actually like a tour that you guys took. Yeah. Right to check things out. So we to got to like learn a lot. We like made the maple syrup that we that we used in our beer. Oh, no so that oh that's like so cool. cool. Yeah. Right, that makes that makes it even, yeah. even better. It was yeah. really cool. So <laughs> love having the, the stories behind the beers too. Yeah. You know, right. If we can go somewhere and actually do like the work with it with yeah. them, you know, like it was like oh let's load the logs in the you know the fire burning things and watch how, you know, literally, like, all the lines go to their maple syrup tanks and get pumped up, and then into the, like, and then literally the process, he turns on, like, this pump, and literally pumps it into the jug, and there you go. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. crazy. So it's it's so cool to be, like, super hands-on with, you know, a lot of the products that we have, because, I mean, it's it's an agricultural product in the end, and uh, it's really neat. And then, oh, the grain and stuff, so we have kept to get rid of all this grain, um, so we actually have uh, a gentleman who is, uh, he raises, uh, like, bucking bulls. So he, for, like, rodeos. For rodeos. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he comes and takes all of our grain, and he actually went and did a, a sentence of Purina to do an analysis on the grain. So he has, like, a whole nutrition regimen that he feeds, uh, feeds his bulls uh, based off of uh, our grain and his proprietary uh, nutrients and stuff that he adds to uh, the rest of the, the feed. And his bowls are going to be in the rodeo at the Jackson County Fair on Monday, Labor Day. So we're going to watch 11-3 grain-fed <laughs> bowls. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah, right? Very, very cool. Any yeah. chance um, he is like over in Kirtland area off of Heath Road? Yeah, uh, Kirtland, Chesterland? I'm not yep. Something, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't happen to know his name. Can yeah. you, Yep, got it. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I, I only ask. Uh, my, my wife knows him very well. Oh, okay. uh, good good cool. friends. They go back. So good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. I know that, that you both are busy. You, you earned the title of having like a busy life, um, busy work schedule night. I appreciate the time that you guys gave, the story, and I can't wait for people to listen to this. Yes, so. thank you so yeah. much. Thanks for coming this out. Fun. This, is, this is great. <laughs> I think we're better off camera than on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Less intimidating. That's great. All right, thank you. Thank you. I wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for listening to this story. How cool is it to be able to experience more about the business and the the owners behind the magic that happens? If you're interested in helping in any way, the best thing that you could do is actually share these stories. If it's social media, excellent. If it's just word of mouth, let your friends know that uh, there's a story out there that may resonate with them. They actually may learn something about this. And worst case scenario, they actually fall in love with a new business that's in town. And also, a great thing you could do, go visit these people, visit their businesses, share some thoughts about the story that they had shared with you. And it's it's just all about building connection. So again, thank you very much for listening to the Chardon Biz Podcast. This is your host, Dave Nelson, the owner of Chardon Performance Therapy. If you're actually interested in learning more about Chardon Performance Therapy, go ahead and go over to our website. It's www.chardonpt.com, and you can explore to see how we do physical therapy different. 
But thank you very much. You guys have an excellent day.